Hey everybody, welcome back to Highest Aspirations, an education podcast that focuses on topics related to English language learners and how we can make a greater impact. Highest Aspirations is brought to you by Elevation Education, your partner for ELL program management and instruction. My name is Steve Sophronis, and I am proud to be the host of Highest Aspirations. This episode is part of our special Look for the Helper series. Fred Rogers of Mr. Rogers Neighborhood offered some relevant advice for navigating difficult times like these. He said, when I was a boy and I would see scary things in the news, my mother would say to me, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. The ELL community is full of helpers, and we are proud to amplify their voices as we face the reality of long-term school closures as a result of the COVID-19 outbreak. We are committed to keeping you informed and inspired with resources to help you support your English learners. We are stronger together. So if you'd like to share your ideas, inspiration, or simply share your voice, our doors are always open. Just go to bit.ly slash ellhelper to learn more. That's bit.ly slash capital E, capital L, capital L, capital H, E-L-P-E-R. You'll find that link in our show notes as well. Jordan Moranis and Teddy Rice, founders or co-founders of Elevation, thank you so much for joining us on our Look for the Helper series of Highest Aspirations. Good to be here. Steve? Yeah. Yeah, we've talked to a few people. I thought it was really important to get your voice uh, on on this uh, Look for the Helper series. Your perspective is definitely highly important. So I'm going to ask kind of the same kind of questions we've been asking lots of our educators and get your perspective. So First off, Jordan, what, what, what are some of the challenges you're seeing uh, emerge as a result of these long-term school closures from, from your perspective um, as, uh, as CEO of Elevation? Well, uh, in some ways, our experience is not that much different from uh, what our partners and districts and educators around the country um, are going through. So similarly, um, you know, we uh, have had to move uh, an organization of about 130 people, all remote. Um, it has made it during this period incredibly difficult to reach our partners. They are either themselves out of the office, but more likely they're managing and trying to figure out how best to serve students uh, and change up the work that they are responsible for um, in a very short amount of time. So they've got lots of other priorities during this time. So it's difficult to reach them. That's challenging for us because we want to be as helpful as possible without kind of getting in their hair or getting in their way. Kind of similarly, um, we are receiving lots of interesting inquiries from our partners about kind of what can we do um, with the products and services that we've already been providing, adjust them, collaborate them, uh, and uh, make them as useful as possible for an environment that's changed dramatically. So we're, we're experiencing lots of the same challenges, um, and um, we're trying to navigate by being available, uh, being responsive, connecting as much as possible without um, kind of adding any other stress uh, to the educators that we work with. Sure, that's the balance, right? Making sure that we're here to support uh, and letting folks know that, but not uh, sort of overreaching out and making sure that they keep their uh, inboxes clear for what's really important to them at this at this sort of unprecedented moment in time. Um, so I have sort of a lot of the intel on this, but I'd love you to tell um, everybody who's listening what what you're doing or what we're doing to uh, to solve for some of these challenges that you just uh, mentioned, both internally and externally with our partners. Well, I think the most important thing we're trying to do is take what we do well and the value we've already added um, to uh, the partners we work with and adapt it for their needs now. So I'll just give an example. 
Um, Elevation Strategies, uh, we uh, offer a set of online activities that educators can use in a classroom environment to adapt their content so that the English learners in the classroom um, can easily access and participate. Well, that's difficult. They're not in a classroom now. And so we launched this week Elevation Distance Learning. Uh, we actually had our um, employees record these activities and do them in a distant learning environment using the children of different employees around Elevation. We wanted to model and create exemplars for educators around the country on how they could engage through kind of a, um, uh, an online environment their students in learning. So that's an example of taking something we already do and adapting it for educators given a changing context. Uh, we're increasing the number of webinars we're doing uh, so that we can help educators adapt other um, uh, of our tools and solutions for the environment that they're facing themselves, that they are now facing themselves. So um, we're generally taking a fresh look at um, what it is we do and what we offer and seeing kind of how in small ways and large ways we can adapt it for, um, for our uh, district partners so that they can be most useful. Yeah. And when you talked about bringing uh, sort of elevation kids involved, my son was involved in that. It was really cool to see our it's colleague. Fun, Lauren. Right? To see, yeah, yeah. Really yeah. fun to see. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it just makes it real. It's like all hands on deck. We're going to do whatever we need to do and bring in anybody, including our children um, to make it happen. So it's been fun to watch that. Um, so this is a constantly evolving situation. And I've been asking, you know, people at schools and I want to ask you the same question. And Teddy, I'll have you take this one. Um, what are you sort of as, as, you know, as president of Elevation, what are you preparing for now? What are you seeing coming down the line that, to the extent that you can prepare? Yeah, it's, it's uh, obviously a lot of unknowns. Um, but uh, first, I'd say we're preparing uh, for this to go on quite a while. So internally, with respect to preparing our teams and supporting our uh, employees, um, uh, we're, we're advising that we're going to be out of the office at least until May. And we believe that um, most school districts will be out at least through May as well. And many of them won't actually return this academic school year. So, you know, what started off, I think maybe as like, well, here a couple weeks, maybe um, I, we have the, we're building our sort of um, response to this with the mindset that this is going to, going to go on for quite a bit longer. Right. Um, you know, another thing that's uh, unfortunate, but I think uh, another thing we're anticipating is that English learners will um, probably um, be more impacted by this disruption than uh, many other kids. Uh, they already suffer from a lot of issues around technology access, um, obviously linguistic barriers. Um, and, you know, one of the things that you've actually uh, talked about in your podcast in, the, in, the, in years past, um, Steve, is you know, this notion of like summer loss or learning loss over, um, over a few months when they're out of school. Right. And we think that's actually going to be just more pronounced this year. So looking ahead to next year, we're already kind of preparing for the possibility that, um, you know, these kids are going to need even more support to catch up than, um, than in any, any other time. Um, and then I, I think the, another thing I'd highlight is that, and this has only emerged in the last two or three days, but it feels to me like the first week or two of this, in many school districts felt kind of like an extended, you know, an extended snow day. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think as the tenure of this disruption kind of uh, becomes more evident, I think more schools are going to be um, wrestling with, you know, a lot of the challenges about actually putting their lessons either online or 
offline, but in some kind of distant learning context. And so I think we're going to see a lot of states and districts and educators, um, you know, recognizing that this is kind of the new reality and transitioning their uh, their work to that context very quickly here. And that brings up another thing which I've talked about with lots of educators up till this point, and it's sort of all over the news and people are talking about it, and rightly so, which is the, the issue of equity. Um, wh- what are you observing with that? Uh, you know, how, how, are sco- how are you seeing schools going about addressing it? How are we going to address it? Um, that's, a, that's a huge issue. It's a, it's a huge issue. Um, it's definitely one on the minds of our partners. Um, many of them uh, unprompted will say, look, the big thing in our mind is how do we make sure that um, whatever we do post online or do put out there for distance learning is, um, is available and accessible for everyone, in particular English learners. There was even uh, some stories, I think, I think this has probably uh, more or less worked through, but in the initial week or two of this, there were even some districts that were choosing not to provide any distance learning um, materials to any students for fear of not being able to make them accessible to all kids. Right, right. Um, I think I think things uh, people are figuring that out, but you can tell it's a big, big concern. Um, you know, one of the things that we're doing um, is, uh, you know, incur- to the extent they need the encouragement, um, you know, really helping our partners understand how they can print out a lot of the materials that they would usually access online for um, uh, when they're doing their work with Elevation to actually print that out and send it um, home to families so they can actually use some of this um, in, in more diverse contexts. Um, a lot of districts have kind of approached us, you know, uh, wondering if that was okay. And, you know, we're, we're, I, I'm here to say it's absolutely okay. Yeah. And we're encouraging people to do that. Um, we, uh, we think it's really important that we get over every barrier we can. Yeah, there's certainly been a resurgence in the folks I've talked to in, in either like delivering stuff, literally bringing it to, to, to students and their families or using the U.S. mail um, to, to deliver things because that, that's one way to address that, uh, that equity issue. As I've done with all of these other um, interviews in this Look for the Helper series, uh, Jordan, I want to end with kind of silver linings and the positive because through these difficult times come learnings. So looking forward six to 12 months from now, Hopefully when this whole thing is behind us, hopefully sooner, but thinking about that sort of time frame, what do you hope um, we will have learned from this that will kind of serve us both as an organization and as sort of an ecosystem of all our partners and school districts around the country that we want to kind of continue doing? Yeah, I think it's a really good question. Um, well, so there are three of us on this podcast. Um, I've got three children and a dog home. I think Teddy has three children and a dog home. And then you've got four kids and, uh, and two dogs, two dogs. <laughs> um, and uh, all of us are about a week or two into a new normal, and we're realizing just how incredibly difficult it is with only a couple of kids um, to keep them um, learning, structured, on task, uh, um, and, 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 uh, and engaged. Um, so for me, I think there'll be absolutely a much greater appreciation for teachers, for the craft of teaching, for how incredibly hard the work is that I think will persist. Um, I think as an organization, um, I anticipate we will be much better at delivering support and service in a a distance or remote context. Um, You're forced into being incredibly creative. I'm seeing this across our organization right now, and I would hope that those are habits and practices um, that that will persist. Um, this point about equity that you just noted, um, one of the things about the coronavirus is this 
potential that we're only in kind of phase one and it may subside and reemerge and there may be school closures again. So I anticipate that um, districts, states, policymakers will focus on equity and online access more deeply now in preparation for what might come. And I think that probably has a kind of broader positive impact um, for students in particular uh, um, that, um, that don't have access to technology, that don't have access to Wi-Fi. Uh, and then I'll say just for us, I, I think, you know, we talked on this podcast a couple of months ago that um, we're getting set to launch Elevation Math. Um, I'm looking forward to having even more that we can offer that students are using directly. Um, I'm very confident that there are good applications and solutions that are out there for students during this time. Teddy mentioned this kind of loss in learning or kind of summer loss. I'm very confident that things we're doing will help to um, address that in a very targeted way. And so if I look out six months, we're going to have even more that students and teachers can turn to during times of challenge. Yeah, absolutely. These hard times are sparking a lot of innovation. I'm seeing it all around me, both internally with us um, and certainly with our partners. The more people that I talk to, the more I learn and the more sort of inspired I am. So um, I know you both are extremely busy as we all are at this point, which is uh, which is a good thing because we're doing, I think, important work. Um, so I appreciate you taking 20 minutes to to come on and, and, and lend us your perspective. It's really important. Uh, Thanks, well, Steve. Steve. I'm the same. Same to you. I mean, you're doing an incredible job of um, helping to bring stories and ideas um, and inspiration to people at a difficult time. So, thanks to um, all that you're doing. Thanks for listening to Highest Aspirations. If you liked our show, please be sure to join the ELL community at elevationeducation.com/ellcommunity, where you'll find all the episodes of Highest Aspirations and other resources to help educators maximize the impact on their English language learners. Also, let us know how we're doing by writing a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts.